Blog Talk Radio. Well, that's what I get for hitting the button twice. There we go. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. So good to have you with us, everybody. Appreciate you dialing in and being a part of it. Dialing in, logging in, however you're listening to us on a downloaded basis. It's great to be with you. It's Monday, August 15th, and we are live from Austin, Texas, where we've got a nice rain going on. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's cooled down here a bit. Sam and I were talking about that just a little bit ago. It's really really pleasant to have this kind kind of temperature here. But anyway, it's good to have you join us. Again, this is the podcast that was created by Mortgage Professionals. It's for Mortgage Professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Innovation Award. Very pleased with that. We also are very excited about continuing the topic that we had a couple of weeks ago on marketing and branding. And we have with us a client and uh, a client of mine and someone when I was in their office, I was really impressed with their marketing that they did and the branding that they did. So Dustin Demerit is joining us from Radius Financial. Very excited to have him on. We had Keith Pulaski on uh, a couple of times. Looking forward to always have Keith on. He is just one of those guests that he fills a room up in so many ways you can't even believe it. So, uh, but anyway, looking forward to having Keith back on as well. But we have Dustin Demerit on. We're going to be talking about marketing, how you, how one company is doing it really, really effectively. I mean, they literally – the Radius Financial Group, as a result of what Dustin and his team is doing, is literally winning awards across the nation about what they're doing. So very excited. Well, at least they're winning some awards out there in the East Coast. I'm not sure if it's across the nation, but it will be across the nation. It is that good. So thought we'd invite them to come onto the program and talk about what they're doing, what you can learn about. Again, this mortgage, this podcast is created not just by professionals, but we're really here as a give back to the industry. I've been in this industry for 43 years, and it's an honor and privilege to serve this industry as a consultant now. After having uh, no longer having ownership in a mortgage company or being directly involved, I've been consulting for the past 15 years, came up with the idea of this radio program, and I'm telling you, it is really a blessing and honor. Over 400,000 downloads of this podcast, hundreds of thousands of regular listeners, very good to have you with us, everybody. Say a special thank you goes out to our sponsors, ArchMI, the creator of the Innovative Rate Star Program. Ah, I tell you, they got some great salespeople there. I, I mean, there's some good salespeople around the, around the industry, but I think they got the best. They are really doing a great job. We're going to talk about that a little bit later and the Rate Star Program. Motivity Solutions with their leading business intelligence technology, providing real-time reporting, dashboards, and scorecards. Got John Maynell is going to give us a KPI of the week a little bit later in the program. Velma stands for Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant. They can help build stronger and more profitable relationships through their Set It and Forget It auto campaigns. Oh, kids, there's such a thing as a set and forget it auto campaign man i, I use their uh, custom program and it's always changing so the brent emler and the team there at velma do a great job of supporting us on this radio program be sure to get a hold of brent at area code 208-854-7909 if you don't have an automated email campaign going out to your customer base you need one get a hold of brent or go to velma.com b-e-l-m-a.com also Nancy Alley and the team over at Simplifile, what a great group of people and some wonderful technology. They give you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents in a real-time chat and messaging format, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents on the fly, on the move. And guess what? It is all in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And the best part of it is there's an audit trail. So the Someone says you didn't tell me you've got an audit trail. So check it out at simplifile.com. S I M P I no S I M P L I F I L E dot com or call Nancy and the team at eight hundred four six zero fifty six fifty seven. Also they got some check out their innovative on their what they're doing to support e mortgages as well. Some great stuff there. D and H, love these guys. These guys are really staying current, staying on top of the things that's going on. Even though they're a hundred and forty year old company with fifty five hundred employees, uh, with eight thousand clients in seventy countries, that spells it sounds like it would spell stodginess, but it's far from it. They've got some new innovative products that are coming out. 
They're going through some changes there that are very exciting. I encourage you to get a hold of your the mortgage bot representative that's serving your area at and connect with them through their website at www.mortgagebot.com or call them at 1-800-815-5592. Great group of folks. And then, of course, the Mortgage Collaborative, founded by the past five presidents of the MBA. The Mortgage Collaborative is a co-op that gives us its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships through something we refer to as the power of the network. Get a hold of Rich Zerbinski. I love that name, Rich Zerbinski. Rolls off your tongue right there. At 440-552-0691. Or you could go to their website at www.mortgagecollaborative.com. Take out the the. There's no the in that web address. So it's mortgagecollaborative.com. Or call Rich again at 440-552-0691. Oh, six, nine, one. Power of the network. Great time. And we've got their conference coming up next week, August 20th through the 23rd. Speaking of conferences, we also have the annual MBA conference coming up October 23rd through the 26th in Boston. I tell you, folks, this thing, I, I'm doing some ads. I recorded an ad with David Stevens. Got to redo that. Didn't work so well. And the recording device didn't work. That's embarrassing. But uh, we're going to record that. But David is telling us that this is record, record registrations. And I was wondering why, because I registered fairly early, and I don't know where I'm going to be staying. The hotels are fast filling up. It's crazy. So check it out at the NBA uh, website by conferences and meetings. And then also, while you're there, look at the whole loan trading workshop. It's going to be in the Hilton Phoenix Airport in Phoenix. Also, November 15th through the 17th is the Accounting and Finance Management Conference, one that Andy Shell, the Prophet Doctor, oftentimes speaks at. It's in Manchester, Grand Hyatt. Great place to go just to get away. But you got to go in and learn. Take these classes. They're really good. But it is in San Diego and a great place to go. For more information about MBA's conferences and educational, go to the MBA website. And while you're there, check up the Mortgage Action Alliance. Sign up for it. You don't have to be a member of the MBA to be a part of the Mortgage Action Alliance, but you need to be a member anyway. So you need to get a hold of a dear friend of mine, Tricia Megalizia. How oh, I always do it. Get a hold of Tricia. <laughs> we learn how to pronounce her last name. Good Italian name. It didn't roll off very well. She's Vice President of Membership Engagement. Get a hold of her and call her on her cell phone, 314 314- Four nine seven sixty nine ninety nine again three one four four nine seven sixty nine ninety nine or email Trish at t m i g l i a z z o. Anyway, Trish is a great person. You'll enjoy getting to talk to her, and so get signed up. Joe Farr, good to have you on the line, and always giving us an update of what's going on in Hi, the Dave. market. Boy, I tell you, it's one of those days. It's not too far off, but there's a a lot yeah. up and downward motion here, a little bit of a roller coaster and an air well, range. Staying, What's happening? What's staying, driving it? Yeah, it's in a tight range uh, between uh, uh, down a couple and down a couple 30 seconds, that is, and flat on the day. So not big moves. Oh, and, and the economic data had had uh, little effect. Uh, the Empire State Index came out. It was weaker than expected. But then the uh, – yeah, it was. National Association of Home Builders came out, there, and their confidence index was uh, – as expected, a little better than the month before. But uh, yeah, we're just drifting today. Not not nothing's really pushing the market uh, to this point. Okay. Well, let's take a look at when you when you look at what happened last week. Let's go over some of that. There was not a lot of information rolling out. Some treasury. Options, well, uh, but, yeah, uh, a couple of pretty big things. You know, with retail sales late in the week. But sales, yeah. you know, uh, the Friday before last week right, was the jobs report. We lost about 10, 30 seconds in price on the day the jobs report came out. Well, this week, uh, the most recent week, we totally reversed that. So all those who were wringing their hands about had we missed the opportunity to refi, well, it's back now. So uh, uh, it was nice to see that recovery occur. Uh, you know, the the week started out better uh, Last week, uh, yeah. with uh, global bond markets really improving, uh, yields falling, resulting in more demand for the U.S. bonds, including mortgage-backed securities, and caused a, a nice improvement in, in MBS prices and a drop in mortgage rates. Uh, then middle of the week, actually it was on Thursday, the stock market just took off. Uh, the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ all reached all-time record closes and high closes for the day. Uh, but it also caused a little shift out of bonds and into the stock market, and that hurt MBS prices. 
but then uh, uh, a weak retail sales number on Friday uh, got us all back. We uh, prices improved. Retail sales were flat to June. Uh, the overall number was uh, uh, four tenths was expected, so it really was a pretty big miss. Without autos, sales fell three tenths. Actually, I think that was two, was two or three tenths when two when a positive two tenths was expected. So big misses on that number. That's a big number in that uh, you know retail sales represent a big part of the U.S. economy. Uh, and the other data that came out during the week, Jolt's report, the data for June was a little better than May continuing that trend of, of good uh, job data. Core PPI came out a little lower than expected, so that's good. Produ- productivity was uh, uh, way below expectations. And, you know, productivity is, uh, when you have improving productivity, that's a, a, a good uh, result for lowering inflation. Uh, the negative is the opposite. So, uh, you know, we had PPI lower and then productivity, uh, the, the inflation Consequences of productivity may be higher, so it's kind of offsetting. We'll see what CPI says this week. Uh, and so this week is going to be the primary things this week. Uh, CPI coming out tomorrow at, at 8:30. Also tomorrow, housing starts and industrial production comes out. Then uh, the other big thing for the week is the minutes from the July 27th Fed meeting. They'll be released at two o'clock. Again, that's on Wednesday. And then Thursdays, jobless claims in Philly Fed and leading indicators on Friday. So uh, a lighter week this week than what we had last, but um, uh, you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's going to be a real interesting week again. This roller coaster on, I really don't anticipate range. I mean, we've, it'll be interesting about the what the talk we hear from the uh, Fed meeting when they release the minutes on that because of the um, that's this week. Yeah, that's on that's on that's on Wednesday. Uh huh. Wednesday, yep. And it'll be interesting because there was there has been some chatter about, you know, possibly September. I do not buy it for a second, but mm-hmm. can manipulate it. So you need a service like yours, Joe. I don't know how do how do they right. do that? How do they run a business and be in an interest rate volatile world that we find ourselves and not have a service like MBS Goldline? And folks, if you want it, you gotta get it. And it's real easy because so you just stay tuned, we're gonna be right back. And you can listen in on this message and how to get signed up with MBS Quoteline. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS Quoteline delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect. And know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS Quoteline. Delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS Quoteline today at MBS mbsquoteline.com mbsquoteline.com 646-716-4972 The Lincoln on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lincoln. Good to have you back with us, everybody. Normally we'd have Paul Mollow in here. He wrote me and said he will not be able to join us on this podcast, but I encourage you to go over to the imfnews.com website and get signed up for it. Uh, you can do it. I could read the headlines, but you could just head on over there for yourself. I want to get Alice Alvey on the phone here. I had the privilege of spending some time with Alice and her husband, Andy, up in pure Michigan, northern Michigan. Oh, my gosh. It was so beautiful up there, Alice. Oh, you live in you, – at this time of the year, it's paradise up there. It's just gorgeous. So it's good to have you on the program, Alice. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, it is beautiful. For those of you who need to know, go look up Torch Lake. It's one of the most beautiful yeah. lakes in the world. So anyway, well, I'm sure people tuned in to listen to Mortgage Compliance, which is much more exciting. So. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Let's see. Go on a pontoon ride with right. Alice and some of our favorite, our, our favorite friends, or we go, uh, which is on Torch Lake, or we uh, we talk about compliance. Okay. But we actually yeah. did talk about compliance while we are out there. I mean, we were doing business. We were doing business. That's right. There was a little bit of discussion going on. And, you know, Dave, um, interestingly enough, after that, we spent some days with customers and walked into several customers who all said, yes, we listen to that radio show every single week and wouldn't miss it. So um, we're here to help. Yeah, it was great. So I just want to let everybody know, certainly that um, all of our folks in Washington are back at their home states right now uh, going through meetings and so forth. 
And um, we did have um, a great call with or a great meeting up at the Michigan Mortgage Lenders Conference. And one thing I guess I wanted to put back on your radar that we will watch is you know, the House Bill 2121 was about transitional licensing for loan originators. For those of you who might have forgotten what this is, because it was all the way back in May when it actually passed the House, um, there have been some companion bills or parts thereof over the last year from the Senate, um, but nothing new yet. But um, the MBA is watching this. They do believe that this may be able to wor- uh, work its way through. So I'll keep it on the radar. I'll keep you posted. But what we do know right now in this House bill is that if you were registered, and you were registered, so meaning you worked at a depository and you now have to switch places. That's a little bit easier, right, to move from a bank to a bank, depository to depository. The biggest issue is if I'm at a depository and I now need to move to being uh, to a licensed uh, entity. And that's a transitional licensing. Or if I'm, in, I'm licensed as a loan officer in one state and now I'm moving to another state. Um, so the transitional licensing is designed to help folks have an interim period where they're allowed to take applications as long as they meet some very basic and reasonable criteria, which you will all meet. Um, and then that allows you to take applications during that period of time until you actually do get licensed. Um, so we are definitely in favor of this. It is a gap. We certainly want folks to be able to continue to earn a living. And so um, it's interesting and grateful to hear Bill Emerson say that is on the MBA's radar. So we will continue to watch that for you. Um, the CFPB's, you know, amendment to the no before you owe slash rule um, is going through its digestive stage right now. I um, am getting some information from a couple of other sources and banks who have been meeting with different clients. Uh, so, Dave, I believe we're going to have a focused show on that next week. Is that correct? Next week, yes. You are the focus, and you and we're going to be focusing on that, and you're the guest, yes. Yeah, yes. so I will save all my notes for that so we can talk marketing today. And then uh, next week, just to give everybody a heads up, you don't want to miss it. We're going to be talking about all kinds of fun stuff on uh, we'll talk about the know before you owe trade rules as well as what you need to plan for for Humda, which is really a, a big project you need to have in full swing right now. Um, so from a legislative standpoint, those are the main things to pay attention to, Dave, and I will turn it back to you. Very good. Good to have you with us, Alice. It was great being with you up there. And uh, be sure, you, you, it's so much fun. I get the privilege of meeting a lot of the spouses, the, the people we work with and are affiliated with. And you got a winner there. Andy is just one of the coolest guys I get to hang with. And so it's so much fun. We travel together all of that, you and I do. It's so much fun to get to be with the spouses when, when, when they're yeah. there with us. So. All right, so can I tell our listeners a little bit? I'll give the listeners a quick little background. So I've known my husband since I was eight years old. We started dating in high school, and we've been married 37 years. So that's how cool he is. (laughs) He is, yeah. Well, hey, smart guy too. When you find when you find a winner, man, lock on, hold on, and uh, and uh, he's smart. He's a smart guy. So that's good. You are too. Picked picked a good one there, Alice. We're really pleased with it. With the friendship that we've we've been blessed to have, folks. So good to have you with us. We've got Sam Garcia coming up right after the break. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief word. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization. Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. So good to have you know, met her husband at eight years old. Now, if I, I would love to have met my wife when I was that young, but she would have been two. We're six years apart. So, anyway, it's uh, Sam Garcia. How are you? How long have you been married, Sam? Long time? Long I've been time? married a while, but I'm not now. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, that's right. Oh, sorry. I didn't bring that up. Didn't mean to go there. Apologize for that. That was the only <laughs> It's all right. It happened. <laughs> it happened. It does. <laughs> it does. You know, there's someone out there who's going to be very. Fortune, Miss Garcia, maybe in the future. But anyway, enough of that. Let's get to headlines. Headlines. What you following, oh, man? I love your website. You do a great job. It's the data that you have. That's and uh, you do a great job covering the story, Sam. But it's really the data that you bring together that really keeps drawing me back and should draw you listeners back to his website. So, Sam, MortgageDaily.com. So, run through the headlines, Sam. 
Yeah, and of course, those da- that data that you're talking about, um, there's a lot of good organizations, you know, the Mortgage Bankers Association, other Absolutely. banking, in- in, you know, organizations, and of course, the government uh, all put out a lot of data. So we just try to put it in a nice, simple uh, format, in addition to covering it in stories, but we put it in tables that just makes it easy to go right to it. And, you know, you see a whole bunch of different sources for one type, and you can really draw a better conclusion about whatever you're uh, researching. So. Anyway, uh, one of the pieces of data that we pull each week is um, we pull or we're given the uh, average per user rate locks from open close. You know, they provide a pricing machine. So using that data, we're able to uh, put out our mortgage market index. And that's just basically, you know, an indication of upcoming mortgage production, um, an early indication. So you can kind of see where we're going to be over the next few months uh, on closed loans. And this past week, it was uh, down 7%. And that was driven by slowing purchase financing, conventional activity that slowed, and also jumbo business that was down. Um, But, you know, what's interesting is Freddie Mac put out its economic outlook today. Um, Freddie expects $2 trillion in originations this year. Um, That's the first time since 2012 that the number has been up to $2 trillion. and where where that really was boosted by, of course, like you were talking about earlier, was that it expects U.S. refinances to reach $1 trillion this year. Um, gosh, you know, a year ago, none, neither Freddie or MBA or Fannie had anywhere near that much in refinances expected for 2016. Um, and then next year, there's another, you know, nearly $600 billion in refinances expected. Um, so that was a, basically a $204 billion more than it predicted last month. Um, for the full year, uh, then again, two trillion, um, and like I said, uh, that's not happened since 2012. Uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association put out their delinquency report last uh, week, and basically, it said that 30-day delinquency, excluding foreclosures, was 4.66 percent in the second quarter. That was the lowest rate since the second quarter of 2006. So it's been a decade since uh, delinquency was that low. Um, and I just kind of we took took a look back just to see when the housing market peaked, and that was when it peaked in 2006, according to the uh, Case Shiller Index for the 20 City uh, Home Price Index. So uh, that's the last time that the delinquency level has been that low was back when housing prices were at their peak. Um, we on our mortgage conference calendar. Uh, we've got basically 70 mortgage events that are listed from uh, August through October. Uh, and one, you know, some of those are, are bank related where, you know, they cover compliance issues related to mortgage and a lot of them are just dead on uh, mortgage industry servicing and so forth. One of the biggest events coming up though, of course, is the uh, MBA annual during October. Um, that's in Boston and that should be fun because they got a performance by James Taylor, who's scheduled to uh, yeah. perform there. I was, talking, I was talking to Stevens about that, and they said they've been trying to get James Taylor for a long, long time. But it's and because it is in Boston, they were able to secure him, and so they're, they're, they said it should be a really, really good concert. So it's really fun, and it's free. You don't have to get the tickets like the U.S. It's open to anyone who is registered. Those that are not registered can't go. Those of us that yeah, are. and that was the same thing last year for uh, Cheryl Crow, which was also an awesome. It's kind of an intimate setting, you know, not that many people yeah. relative to what a concert is. You're right there in front of them. So, yeah, um, right a there. report came report came out last week from um, the Special Inspector General for the Troubled Asset Relief Program, or SIGTARP, um, and that indicated that TARP, uh, which of course was a uh, you know put out or was a pass to restore confidence in the U.S. banking system during the financial crisis and basically halted uh, bank deposit runs at that point. Um, they've, they've basically reported that there have been 80 bank executives at TARP recipient banks that have been criminally charged. Um, out of those, yeah, out of those, 58 um, have been convicted and 35 have been sentenced to prison. And, you know, I bring this up because, A, it's a you know, popular story, but, B, a lot of times you you hear that oh no no bankers you know were ever uh, uh, you know sentenced to prison or had to do any time you know 
as a result of the financial crisis. Well, actually, there have been, as we can see here. Um, The the report indicated that many of those who were uh, convicted masked their bank's financial conditions by hiding and lying about past due loans. So just thought that was a little uh, interesting. Um, Today, Freedom Mortgage announced um, that it's acquired the mortgage origination operations of Sterling National Bank. There are 70 employees that'll be that have come over now to Freedom from the bank, um, and just for a point of reference, Freedom reported more than 13 billion dollars in second quarter origination. So they're a pretty hefty player, a top 10 player out there. Um, another uh, corporate issue was a TIAA announced an agreement to acquire uh, EverBank last week, um, and that. Basically, Everbank, which is a you know they do some decent mortgage business, uh, has 27 billion dollars in total assets. And then um, one other deal that we uh, we picked up on last week was New Residential Investment. Uh, they announced a planned 284 million dollar public offering, and those proceeds are going to go to finance uh, MSRs that it acquired from Walter Investment, who's sold a bunch of MSRs recently, which is kind of interesting because we've seen both Walter and Aquin, um, who were huge you know, uh, non-bank uh, servicers, uh, unload quite a bit of uh, yeah. uh, MSRs recently. So it's kind of like that that has come and gone, sort of. But we'll see what happens with NationStar, because they're still one of the other ones, as well as uh, Quicken, who still holds, some hefty, uh, holds a hefty servicing portfolio. Um, one other thing we picked up on uh, along those lines was that Mayak uh, reported that it's offering MSRs on $1.5 billion in GSE loans. Uh, most of those loans, or $1.2 billion of them, are Fannie Mae loans. And the bids on that are due on by uh, August 24th. So those are some of our biggest headlines that we had over the last week or so. Good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. You're doing a good job on this website. I'm just reading up down the stories that you have here. Really good stuff, Sam. You really do. And again, the bonus, the cherry on top is all the data that you got. So you got it. You collect it up, and you know people can go out and say there's a lot of data. You get this report, you get that report, or you can go and become you know, subscribe to the Mortgage Daily website and get all this marvelous research and data on your fingertips. So good job. Appreciate and we've, it. we've got just pages and pages of tables. You know, like for instance, uh, you know. Mortgage originations, we have a ton of sources who report various types, you know, whether it be first mortgages only or whether it be maybe HELOCs. Um, and then mortgages outstanding, delinquency, there's different pages for each one of those with multiple sources. So real rich with um, a whole bunch of options. And then, uh, of course, you know, you can dig further uh, uh, once you get to that stuff and see the stuff you're interested in. That's very good. Very, very good. I tell you, good stuff. Appreciate you being here each and every week. You're faithful. Appreciate it. And um, check it out, folks, MortgageDaily.com, or you can get a hold of Sam Garcia at 214-521-1300, or go to the website, MortgageDaily.com. Get signed up and uh, be in the know and have your fingertips on some really good data. The most, i, I got to tell you, I think it's the most affordable source for data out there in the industry anywhere. Appreciate you being here with us, Sam. So good. Uh, we're going to normally would be cutting out to the profit doctor, but he emailed me today, said he had to go be with a client, and so he's an out doing what the profit doctor does, practicing his uh, his his skills, creating profit for his clients. So it's great. Uh, we appreciate you being with us. We're going to be right back after we uh, have a couple words. We've got from, from words from our sponsors. We've got Jim Jump with us, talking about the Rate Star app. We're going to be back. Jim, what you got for us? Hi, David. Thanks for having me on, and we're happy to be a proud sponsor of the program. And today I'd like again to talk about RateStar from Arch Mortgage Insurance. RateStar is a revolutionary tool that allows mortgage originators to dynamically price mortgage insurance and match coverage to Archimize's most competitive rates. And that's important because it allows you to compete more effectively, qualify more borrowers, and of course close more loans. That's the power of RateStar. Originators from around the country are letting us know just how quick and easy RateStar is to use. And all you need is your NMLS number, and you can access RateStar anywhere, anytime, using multiple points of entry, including most LOS systems, product and pricing engines, and through our websites at archmi.com and archmicu.com for credit unions. And of course, it's available through our mobile app for smartphones and tablets. 
RateStar makes it easy to choose what type of mortgage insurance coverage your loan needs. You just touch, tap, and go. Quotes are delivered in seconds and represent our most competitive RHMI rates based on the strength and quality of the loan application. And I have to tell you, David, getting a mortgage insurance quote has never been so powerful or so simple. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you and say thanks. Have a great day, everybody. It's good. They're great, folks. And I tell you, that Raystar app is really revolutionizing the way MI insurance is being done and being priced. you got to check it out. There's a lot of competitors going, how are they doing that? So you can go learn by just getting a hold of your local rep. Also, we have the privilege of having the folks from KPI, John Mayneal, Vice President of Client Services, provide us the Motivity KPI, or the Key Performance Indicator of the Week. So let's listen to what John Mayneal has for us. Thanks very much, Dave. Always great to be here. And this week's key performance indicator focuses on one of Alice's favorite topics, namely the underwriting process. And the KPI is submitted to initial decision. This is generally measured in hours, and you can either use this to measure an entire department's average turn time or even individual underwriters. Very effective if you're using balanced multi-metric scorecards to fine-tune the behaviors of individual staff members. This measurement can also guide an organization to areas upstream from underwriting that contribute to this initial cycle time, like processing, setup, or even sales, to help ensure that people in those areas produce complete and accurate files that make the absolute best use of the underwriter's time. So the broad scope makes this a very powerful metric and shows yet again that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will thank you again and turn it back to you. Thank you so much, so very much, uh, John. I'm looking forward to hopefully having you. You and I are supposed to be speaking on a panel together at the Collaborative next week. That starts next Sunday, and uh, we're actually speaking on a panel. I believe it is on Wednesday, or, excuse me, on Monday afternoon. So looking forward to it, Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it is. We're doing a radio program from there next week. Looking forward to that. And we'll be interviewing Alice Alvey live uh, from um, there as well as uh, also getting in an interview in with um, with our good buddy from uh, Gary Acosta. So very excited about all of that. Lots going on, and we're pleased to have you here with us as our part of our listening audience. Wanted to just bring in one of these individuals that I have met. Now, yeah, I have the privilege of going around and working with clients all across the nation. I mean, I'm literally crisscrossing the country and there's wonderful attributes about every one of the companies that I get to work with and privilege. And, again, Keith Pulaski at Radius Financial brought me in to help them with their efficiencies. And then uh, in the course of doing that, we met with all the departments. And one of the departments I met with was their uh, marketing department and um, their success branding department. And in that, I met Dustin Demerit. And i tell you, this guy has figured out how to mar- do marketing. So I started scheming right there in my mind, going, got to get him on the radio at some point in time. And it's worked out where we could bring him on today. We had the Sorokas on a couple of weeks ago talking about marketing and branding. And now we're talking about someone who is doing it in their shop for themselves. And he's uh, Sarah and Keith, who own the company, Ready's Financial, were very gracious to let him take an hour out of his hour out of his very busy day to come and join us today to talk about this very important topic, how to market yourself and your company. Dustin DeMerit, good to have you here with us, my friend. Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Well, when we for the talk, before we turned on the mics and went live here, we learned that you are a graduate of San Diego State University. You uh, have been in communications for 20-plus years. You've led teams from 1 to 100 staff members. You have worked on over 300-plus projects, ranging from a million to 1.7 million in budget. You have over 700 hours of presenting and teaching on this topic, especially in the area of innovation, teamwork, and project management and governance. You have had over 50 clients you've worked with, including American Express, DuPont, I uh, see Al DuPont Hospital for Children, Bain, oh my gosh, the list here, Chase, Deloitte, uh, Dun & Brad. I mean, you've got an impressive list. Lower my bills, you name it, it's on here. Red Sox are in here. Oracle's in here. TripAdvisor, Webster Bank, the Wedding Channel. My gosh, guy, you have done some serious work. I want what did what did Sir and Keith catch you doing that they were able to capture you because it had to be some type of bribe to get you in with that kind of resume in there to work at Radius Financial. That's pretty impressive, friend. Well, it's nice of you to say. I uh, it 
blessed. It was right time, right place, right opportunity. I uh, I was born and raised in the Midwest. I'm son of two farming families and um, migrated out to San Diego, as you mentioned, went to uh, San Diego State, and then straight out of school went to work for a traditional agency for about 10 years um, and did a number of different things there. And, um, you know, the list of clientele and the, and the folks that I had the privilege of working with really comes from the great organizations I was uh, was able to associate with. So, but um, when you I were met my wife... I think- yeah, you, but I think it's important to point out there. I want to talk about where you met your wife and all that in a minute. But you were a partner in a major advertising firm out there, and that's where you got the, picked up some of these really top clients. And you were a partner in that firm, so kudos to you. But now, get to the good part. How do you meet your your, your wife in 20 years? You say? <laughs> yeah. So when I was out in uh, school, she uh, went to UNH and came out after school there, and uh, we met and. Um, got married and had kids and I continued to work and I got the inevitable question one day, would I ever consider moving back to New England? And, uh, of course I was completely open and alive and I said, absolutely. And my brother-in-law still gives me a hard time. He said that was the day I was moving. I just didn't know it yet. So I took it <laughs> a fine and thicker and, um, yeah, and it's great. There's nowhere else in the world. My, both my wife and I have no family in San Diego. It just so happened we ended up in the same place. So, we live about uh, a seven iron shot away from my mother and father-in-law who've been in their home over, you know, almost 50 years now. So there's nowhere else in the world we should have been or should be is here in New England to kind of, uh, you know, allow our kids to grow up. So it's been wonderful. So when I came back, I knew one of the things I wanted to do was go client side um, and go to work clients and, and be able to take all the things that I learned over the years from the agency's perspective and put it to work. And, um, I keep lives in Duxbury as I do, South Shore community here in New England. And uh, one thing led to another. I had an opportunity to go to work for Radius a little over 11, 12 years ago. Sounds like your mic got a little muffled there. I don't know if you adjusted the way you're holding your mic, but it got a little muffled. We're not hearing you quite as clearly. So you were you moved out there. What what I'm learning from this story already is family values are very important to you, and I love that part of it. So family's important to you. I support that, and I think that is uh, something I just want to highlight in your story so far. But now go ahead and talk a little bit about Radius Financial, how you connected with them, and what drew you to them. Well, you know, a lot of things drew me to them. I mean, obviously, Keith and Sarah are just phenomenal owners and have done a tremendous job with their organization uh, from all different aspects of the business, sales, marketing, operations. But I had a chance to work with them uh, for about three years, and then I went to another local institution for about six years, went over to um, Sodexo uh, as director of marketing communications there, and then most recently I was at Dun & Bradstreet, and I happened to be sitting in a hotel room in New Jersey getting ready to go into New York for a meeting. And uh, Sarah had reached out to me on LinkedIn and just had just touch a base, how things going, you know, what are you up to these days? And I had an opportunity to reach out to her because I was uh, sitting there. And she said, hey, when you get back, I'd love to have the opportunity to sit down and talk to you a little bit about what we're doing at Radius. When I've worked for them with them before, they were, you know, 20, 25 folks. Now they're over 100 employees. So just uh, an amazing success story for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so uh, when I had a chance to speak with Sarah, uh, as I mentioned to you, David, it was the right time, right place, right opportunity for me to, to join the team again. And I could not be more excited about the opportunities that we've had the chance to explore in the last 13 or 14 months of being there, but even more excited about what the future holds for us as an organization. There's so many wonderful stories about the Radius Financial story in itself, and one of it is the partnership between Sarah and and Keith. They're great people, and uh, I really, but I mean, there's there's so many dynamics that go on there that are really fascinating, and I would love to dive into it. But this is really about marketing, and I want to talk about getting your perspective of what has changed over the years. And so before we get started, some of the questions that you sent over for me to, to consider getting into in this interview, uh, Alice and Joe, I apologize I didn't get these over to you. But as you're listening, Joe and Alice, please feel free to jump in with any questions that you think our listeners might be interested in. And uh, so please feel free to jump in. Otherwise, I'll be doing a lot of the questioning, but I want to invite you both to come on in at any time through this. So let's start off with this. And, and you've seen, you've been at marketing now for, like you said in your bio, over 20 years. And so you've seen a lot of changes, and we're seeing things going digital. The MBA, Mortgage Banking Association, has decided to drop their very successful and a classic magazine called the Mortgage Banking Magazine. The last issue will be in October 
after the annual conference. It's just a shocker what that thing is. It's extremely profitable, but they're going digital. So this seems to suggest that there is definitely a shift going on. But before we swallow that, I want to get your perspective. What has changed in marketing over the years? And where is that heading? Right, yeah, but I think yeah, it's easier to say what hasn't, you know, what hasn't changed, right? I think, you know, David, you and I have spent quite a bit of time talking about this, and um, there's no doubt that marketing has changed, you know, more in the last few years than it probably has collectively over the last 15. And the, you know, the old model that I learned and grew up with, what we what was often referred to as the interruption model, um, has become very cumbersome and Explain that. Explain what you mean by the interruption model. We'll go into that a little bit. Yeah, so I guess the best way to kind of um, explain it is, is, you know, traditionally when you're flipping through a magazine, um, historically we would put something in there of more shock value, right, to interrupt what you're doing. And in today's world of, uh, you know, content curation and creation, there's this concept that we need to, and, and, and we talk about this all the time, formula is simple. We need to stop interrupting what people love and become what they love, right? So with all of the different social platforms, with all the different, you know, mobilization and gamification and all the things that are out there that we're actively engaging with on a day-to-day basis, the old interruption model has, like I said, become very cumbersome, and it's no longer here's your product, here's your service. You really have to kind of build this awareness and interest and then drive this desire to take action. So that's what we talk, or that's what I mean when I talk a lot about the old interruption model is gone. It really now is, you know, there's some filtering types of things, right? You know, who are we trying to reach or what do they care about? Um, maybe how do they consume their data, most importantly, and how do they discover their own needs? And so that really goes to that whole idea of um, identifying the content that you want to curate yourself and share it with other friends, family, colleagues, you know, referral partners, et cetera. So when you're talking about how you gather data, that it does suggest electronics because we're able through – the cookies that are able that are on website, we're able to track what people do, look at what they're at, and a lot of us have gotten comfortable with that uh, over the years because I get served up the information that I'm searching for, and so it's understandable. But on, on a macro trend, is in your opinion, is print dead? Is is that going to is, is Classics, like I can't believe the NBA dropped their magazine. That's, that's one I'm disappointed in. I, I support whatever the NBA does, but that one I'm swallowing a little hard on. That one's a little difficult to swallow, rather. But it's like, you know, publications, National Geographic, things like that, that'll go on forever, won't it? Are But others not going to be happening? Just in a macro sense, your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah I think, you know, from, from my world, right, the world we live in each and every day, the world we live in each and every day, when we look at touch points and journey mapping and some of the things that you've seen illustrated in, you know, our work rooms and some of the training rooms that we're doing, you know, we're, we're servicing that kind of next generation, that millennial mom, as Google defines it, from that 25 to 35 or 32-year-old generation all the way through to, um, you know, a little bit older generation, right, maybe 65, 70, 75. And so to answer your question directly, I don't believe that print is dead because of the audience in which we serve within our industry and in that, you know, certainly we have, uh, you know, headquarters and some branch locations for bricks and mortar where we have the opportunity to get, you know, face-to-face. I, I refer to it often as, um, you know, urban asphalt warriors, you know, out there shaking hands and, and looking somebody in the eye. And, and uh, it goes back to my traditional values of being raised in the Midwest, right, by two farmer right. families. So I love that idea of being able to look somebody in the eye, shake their hand, and, 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 and conduct and engage with them. Um but I also know that, you know, from a, a newer generation through our programs, you know, you've worked a lot with our Next Generation IMB program. So through that, through those learnings and through that data that we've collected and gathered, we know that we're going to have to also be mobile. And that's part of our, what we call real-time communication strategy. Is it's around all of those things, around five key drivers that drive into traditional print, electronic, social, video, all of those different mediums. It's no longer a broadcast type of model, but more a socialized model that we're working in. Socialized model. I like that. And so you you said you mentioned key drivers. If you could get a little bit into that, I don't want you to give up your secret sauce that you're doing for uh, Sarah and Keith there at Radius, but if you could get into the key drivers and give our listening audience some things that they can chew on as the strategies they might consider. Yeah, and 
you know, it's funny you say secret sauce, right? It, there really, you know, there is no secret sauce. I think for us, what we love to do is engage with people and, and learn and share what we're doing and learn more what they're doing and, and really just try to continually fine tune. When you think about the socialized model, you really need to have those things. But we have five key drivers that, um, you know, certainly at a really high level, won't drive into, you know, all the details of it, that we work towards each and every day, whether it's marketing or communication to public relations or recruiting or whatever is going on, we look at these five key drivers. And the first is brand, uh, building brand differentiation, right? How are we going to differentiate ourselves in this space? The second is how are we going to retain and, and recruit what we consider world-class talent? Um, and you've got a chance to engage with some of our loan officers. So whether yeah. it's through our next gen IMB program and or the things that we're doing to work with um, each of our sales team and even our operations team to continue to retain them. Um, and then create an integrated or seamless lending experience is uh, one that we spend a lot of time talking to you and your folks about and we continue to talk about on a daily basis. But do that. How do we create that seamless integrated lending experience, something that's scalable and sustainable over time so that we can continually adjust and move the needle as we see fit? Um, the fourth is certainly attract and service what we consider best-in-class partners. So, you know, our proprietary program from a marketing communications platform, we refer to it as Radius 360. And there's a lot of SaaS platforms that come together. I'm very blessed on my team to have uh, a chief technology officer who is uh, part of our organization, as well as uh, chief counsel, all in-house. And so that really allows us to kind of go fast and fine-tune with intuition when it comes to working with partners. So I feel really, really lucky to have that. And then fifth and finally, David, is uh, culture. You know, when you walk into Radius, it's, um, it's everything. You know, uh, everyone in, in, in Radius owns marketing. Um, when you walk in, it's the smile. It's how we answer the phone. It's, uh, we're out here in New England, so we have a saying, you know, do your job, right? Um, and so that's really important yeah. to all of us. If everybody does their job, uh, it all comes together. It's a super simple kind of concept, but it really does work. You know, Keith gave me that uh, Billichek's famous quote, yeah, do your job. So, I've got that on my wall here. It's it's right where I walk in, and I just love that saying. And it's a great saying, but I think you do have a wonderful culture there. And Alice and I had the privilege of going out there and being there, jumping in to your culture, meeting the people there. Again, wonderful group of people. One of the things I was afraid I, I spoke last week on millennials, on the topic of millennials, how to recruit millennials in. And I got to talk about that universal room. I think this was Sarah's idea. It's a brilliant idea. Both of them got the idea. I guess it worked together. I don't know who did it. But the room where you guys have the yoga mats out there, where you have yoga classes that go in there. I mean, it really its a great place. And I wish I could run every company that's wanting to recruit millennials through your facility. The lunchroom is more like this. It's like a Starbucks cafeteria, large one. It's really nice. I mean, they spent the time and money to do a great job of really jumping in. So, Alice, I want to get you in on this. You were there with me in this um, at, at there at Radius. Uh, we were working with them on their processes, working on their efficiency, something I'm encouraged to hear that they're continuing to work on. But, Alice, uh, I'll let you jump in with any questions that you might have or at least some comments based on our visit there. Well, certainly. Hey, uh, Dustin, thanks for being on the show. It's great to talk with you again. Um, one one of the things that impressed me was that when we did that efficiency review, you were in many of the meetings. So the idea of marketing was that you really got involved in knowing the company, even at a pretty granular level where maybe the marketing person isn't Good really point. involved at that at a typical company. So can you talk a little bit more about kind of the difference between you're you're there as part of the company as opposed to maybe contract support that some companies might have and speak to maybe some of the differences there might be? Yeah, no, I'm happy to do that. I think, um, you know, so we have a couple of different charters. Uh, one is obviously corporate communications and what we're doing from a corporate level. And then certainly we have, you know, 40-plus loan officers that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, individually. And I talk a lot about, um, our charter as a team each and every day, and I break it down into five or three kind of fundamental buckets. I talk about running, changing, and touching, right? So uh, a little bit about, you know, diving into the current day-to-day, -day, our workflows, our operations, our sales ops, sales, all of those things that go on is super important for me to understand how we're currently running our business. 
And then the second bucket is change, right? So how are we going to go, you know, how do we go about changing the way that we're, how do we move the needle? And I really feel like it, it, unless you understand at a granular level about all of the operations, you know, having, again, leadership like Keith and Sarah really makes my job uh, tremendously easy because they are as good a resource as that's out there. You know, Keith, from an operational industry kind of perspective, Sarah, from sales um, and culture perspective, so it's terrific. But running the business, you have to get involved with those meetings and understand it. And I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to sit in on those meetings and be invited to them. Secondly, in order to kind of, you know, do that gap analysis of what it is we're going to change and where we're going to move the needle, how much we're going to move the needle, and why we're going to move the needle uh, is about changing. And then touching. I evaluate and I look at and I measure a lot of things, both internally and externally, whether it's ROI, business cases, position, whatever we're looking to measure. I measure that in touches. Um, you know, some people on social may do it through likes or engagement or whatever it might be, but we look at it as touches. So, being involved in those meetings, as far as I'm concerned, is um, it's critical. It's necessary. And, uh, and again, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have leadership that allows me to, to be a part of those. No, no question. Alice, do you want to, and what else do you have? Anything else you want to add to it at this point? Well, no, I guess I would just kind of, for those of you who are listening, the idea of the, the difference maker, I think, from what we see is that you're actually an employee and you're part of the company. As opposed to so many people try to do marketing maybe with uh, contract services or they get marketing and PR mixed up, right, that those yeah. are two very distinct and separate things. Um, so I guess I just wanted to make sure our listeners picked up on that, the value of having somebody internally. So uh, any other tips then as far as the difference between internal versus maybe some external contract services people might be using? No, I think you're spot on. I mean, it is a small distinction, big difference when you start talking about, you know, marketing versus public relations, et cetera. Um, we, you know, we have a great opportunity currently and, and in front of us. And I think, you know, more and more I, I have an opportunity to speak with a lot of different companies, a lot of different organizations. And, they, you know, the folks that have the ability to roll up their sleeves and touch not only the people but the projects and the process on a day-to-day -day basis, I just feel like, uh, have an advantage, and um, you know we we also work with a lot of great external partners when it comes to to data, and I think that's one of the big things that I really want to share with folks. You know, as as a key takeaway in speaking with numerous um, you know mortgage companies or independent mortgage banks or you know whoever it may be, local retail banks, um, we infuse data and analytics into everything that we do, and and. We don't. We're not perfect at it. We certainly have a long ways to go. But that is, you know, having a chief technology officer myself. That is something, Keith, as well. That is imperative to the way that we, you know, run our business. And so, what I would say to some of the folks out there is, you know, if if your data currently isn't, you know, portable, and and what I mean by that is it's in a centralized place, in in whatever shape, way, or form you get it there. You have to have portable data, and if it's not portable at this point, I think that has to be your number one priority because um, getting that data centralized and making it mobile or portable and cleanse, matching, and appendant, appending it, um, which is an old Dun & Bradstreet term, is, is essential to being able to do anything because, you know, results do matter. Measuring things do matter. Um, and whatever you're defining as success when you go into a project, however you define what you're going to measure, you have to be able to measure that. And, and your, your results are only as good as the data that you have. You're not going to get it right, especially in this socialized model, every time. But you certainly can make nuanced tweaks and, and changes. And if you don't have exact data, you're unable to do those types of things. Whether you're running old-school, traditional kind of direct sales funnels or whether you're working on, you know, circles of continuous engagement and, more of a socialized model, whatever you're doing, having clans matched in the pen data in a centralized location that's portable and mobile that all um, areas of the business, sales, marketing, and operations are dealing with is, is, is critical to success. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because how 
Keith and I met was at a Motivity conference, and the dashboards that they use, they're really, you guys really seek to use those and use those effectively, and uh, Keith can talk about that. In fact, he's done a testimonial video for Motivity on that point, so I think it's really a good point. For those that, if you were advising a loan officer, I mean, your own loan officers that are out there, and I think I know you do a lot for them already, but for loan officers that are out there, what are the most effective ways for them to brand themselves and market themselves. We just got a few moments to, to wrap this up. But and I, so if you could comment to that. Yeah, I think you know, David, it's, it's a great question, and, and we talk about it all the time. I think you know, going back to this idea that you know, the essence of marketing for anybody, for a company or uh, a loan officer, one to one, whatever it may be, is to create and nurture a relationship at every stage of kind of that journey. That's why I talk about everyone at Radius owns marketing, and I think being able to share your story, um, you know. We've been getting some recognition, and, and you and I have talked about it. Simple validation, we're headed in the right direction. We have a lot of work left to do. Well, let's but talk about some of that your... recognition because I think that's really important. <laughs> you've got the Roscoff, you've got the uh, the Rossoff Diversity Honor, the Company of the Year, unprecedented gold in uh, the Northeast Ad Club of uh, Marketing Awards. I mean, you, there, you, you have more. Uh, uh, trophies on your wall when it comes to marketing. So you know what you're talking about here. Well, it's nice of you to say, yeah, like I said, with, you know, it's validation. We're headed in the right direction. But I think when it comes to a loan officer and, and, and marketing themselves and their companies, it's to share their story in a real and authentic way. You know, a lot of times companies will spend a lot of time or hire outside resources to define their culture or their vision or their mission or any of those things. And at the end of the day, we all have a culture. We all have a, a vision that exists. Sometimes you just need to step back and actually define it or describe it as opposed to creating it or inventing it and and trying to, you know, it, it's real. It exists. It's a relationship. So just describe it and share it with the world and and be real about it and, and know that your brand or your personality isn't, it's like a building a personal relationship. It's not going to be a perfect fit for everybody. And that's okay. That's part of being real and authentic to yourself and to the company in which you work for. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that's where a tremendous amount of kind of our recognition over the you know last 15, 14, 15 months has come from. It wasn't a lot about what we are doing that's new. It's really that we just framed it up, defined it, and, and told our story and started to share it with the rest of the people on it. And it, and it really started to resonate. So. It just comes from being able to share an authentic and real story about who you are. You know, uh, you and I talked about it briefly, about self-reflection, right? So that's yep. really what it's all about. You know what? The last question I got for you goes back to Simon Sinek's book. It says it starts with why. So why do you, Radius, do what you do? Why do you do what you do there at Radius, and why does Radius do what they do? I think that's a great – I loved your comments on that. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, we do it for a, a lot of different reasons. But, you know, primarily, you know, our tagline is making mortgages better. We want to make mortgages better across the board, both internally and externally. Um, and and why we do what we do comes down to a lot of what I talked about before, touches, touching people both internally and externally, uh, and a lot of the philanthropic work that Keith and Sarah are now doing um, is really ultimately – why we're in this business, and that is to touch and change lives. And so we're doing that each and every day, both internally and externally, and I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the team that, that's going on. Well, I think if people listen to this, they're going to get that sense because that's what really – if you meet Keith Pulaski and you do anything about it, he is uh, – he may be a little rough and gruff on the exterior, but, man, there's a big heart that wants to change the world and impact lives, and he does it very well, and you do a great job. And the, the whole group comes together around that mission that he and Sarah have. So I want to just say thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your time. Dustin, I want to say thank you to Keith and Sarah for letting you join in on this. I'm sure they'll, if they haven't listened, they will be listening, go downloading and listening to this. But uh, thank them for you being able to get freed up to come and join us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity, David. And please, if anyone or yourself have any questions or want to know a little bit more about some of our programs, we'd be more than happy to, to share online or in person or over the phone at any time. So, Generally appreciate wow. If people do want to get a hold of you and ask you some questions, what's the best way to, for them to connect with you? Uh, there's two ways. You can either call the office and just ask for me, uh, 781-742-6500, or they can email me. My first name is Dustin, last name Demerit, so it's D-D-E-M-E-R-I-T-T 
at RadiusGRP.com. Good. Thank you so much for being with us, and look forward to hopefully running into you and getting back into your offices one of these days. So greet everybody there. Great group of people. Appreciate you being here with us, friend, very, very much. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Folks, we've had, again, Dustin DeMerit with Radius Financial talking about how to market yourself and your company. A lot of really interesting nuggets in there. Go back and listen to this podcast. You can do that by coming to this website any single time. We're going to have Alice on next week. We're going to have Gary Acosta on next week. We've got a lot to cover next week, and it's going to be a really jam-packed program, so make sure you do not miss next week's program. Look forward to having you back. Appreciate you telling others about the program. And we'll look forward to seeing you back here next week. Have a great week, everybody. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln, of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week, and thank you for listening. 